Welcome to our Team Roundtable podcast, where we explore the hot topic of the week here at CRA Resources. And just a reminder for those tuning in for the first time, CRA Resources is a unique recruitment agency with a single focus of providing CRA staffing for clinical studies across North America. So let's get started. Miss Angela, what is the hot topic we've discussed this week? I want to talk about interviews, and it's going to be a message to both candidates and hiring managers as it relates to the fraudulence that we're seeing within the interview process. And then on the flip side and the back side, the result of the fraudulence that we're seeing in the the industry right now, the discrimination from the hiring teams that we're seeing as well. And, now I, and, when, and I know discrimination is a, whoo, boy, that's a hot word, isn't it? Yikes. But it's it can also be an unconscious discrimination, a discrimination that happens by accident. Matter of fact, I was thinking about writing an article called Accidental Discrimination, you know, kind of like that really famous movie called Accidental Tourism. Right. You know, because I think that happens a lot. And um, and I think that the only way to kind of avoid both being impacted by fraudulence and being impacted by the discrimination due to the fraudulence is to educate people. And so let's talk about fraudulence within the interview process in general. Yes, I think that's a great topic. Perfect. Um, well, let's get started. Do we want to speak to the different types of interviews? Maybe go back to the basics um, and maybe what we're seeing on the different levels of interviews, maybe our interviews versus client interviews, you know, uh, the differences between the different types of interviews to speak to that. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, absolutely. I, I know way back in the day when I was going through uh, management training in IBM, my uh, one of my mentors said interviewing is one of the worst way to identify a new team member. Thought he had fallen off of his rocker because I'm like, how else do you identify someone to join your team unless you interview them? And the longer that I'm in this chair, the more I realize that he had something valid to say there. And if you start thinking about all the different types of interviews in general, you know, you've got, you know, your phone, phone interviews and your video interviews and your face to face interviews. And then there's like other different flavors. I think I saw an article a couple months ago that said there's 21 different types of interviews. It's insane, the different types and flavors. And now systems are starting to do artificial intelligent interviews. And then you got recruiters that are allowing you to click a button and self-interview. And I mean, it's a little bit out of control, right? But for the, the topic of, of today's discussion, let's fine tune it into just a discussion on fraudulence within either a phone interview or a video interview. And the phone interview could be a team's call that you just don't have video on for. So, you know, it's either a phone interview and a video interview. And because the face-to-face -face interview is a whole different ballgame. And COVID kind of blew that one out of the water because, you know, face-to-face -face interviews used to be a really big thing, even for contract positions. You know, but we see a lot less of those nowadays. And most of the ones that I'm seeing now are for executives. So we're not even going to touch that today. But for phone interviews and video interviews, I think that the exposure to fraudulent is significant to both. And I think that's kind of where we can focus our attention today because the industry has changed a lot due to the, I guess, I don't want to say prevalence, but the escalation of the prevalence of fraudulence because we've seen fraudulence since we started the business. Um, but I think that there's been a huge shift in the way both phone interviews and video interviews are, are done now versus the way they used to be done several years ago. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So then do we want to just go ahead and dig into um, examples of what we're seeing and why, you know, we want to get this message out there? So maybe let's start from our internal interviews before they even go to the client. Mm -hmm. Um, Do we want to just start at the basics? Um, Does it begin at the scheduling level before we even get on the phone with them or the video or whatever the format is? Um, Do we see issues there? Team, have you seen anything like that? I would definitely say it does start at the scheduling. And and when I say it does start at the scheduling, I mean like the way you're communicating with the person that's scheduling the call, how you're presenting yourself via email or whether it's a quick call, your responses back, your resume when you send it over for the call. So absolutely, it definitely does start the minute you start speaking to a recruiter or someone from a recruiting office because you you almost have to treat them as if they're the actual company. They're the hiring manager because you're getting evaluated. It's that that's the whole process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And have we seen um, instances where maybe they reject certain formats like um you know if we want to schedule them for a video call they say oh i don't do that they only want to do phone is that kind of a a suspicion point for you guys i would say so i don't know if i've seen it to where they have said to me i don't want to do a video but i have seen in the past where they do ask is it a video or not And I don't know, I would never want to jump into a conclusion or an assumption, I should say, that they're asking that to do something or to, you know, so they don't get caught or, you know what I mean? But more of they're asking so they're prepared for what type of interview it is. Mm -hmm. Sure. And I can understand that. I actually appreciate when it's that Mm -hmm. way and they want to make sure that they present well and they're, you know, groomed and their background looks good and, you know, the lighting is right and all all of those things are really important. So, yeah, on on the one hand, they could just be you know, wanting to make sure that they're buttoned up. Um, But on the other hand, yeah, if they then learn it's video and they say, well, I don't do that or something. Then that's a little bit of a different Mm -hmm. situation or question that comes to your mind where why not? You know, everybody's moving to that route. You know, video interviews have become so much more popular now. Like Angela mentioned about when COVID hit, you know, things had to change a bit with how they can now see you face to face versus you going in for a face to face interview. So people need to be adaptable to change. And when they don't, then that's when things don't start. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? They don't set well. That. Yeah, yeah. yeah, So (laughs) for a lot of different reasons, not just necessarily fraudulence, but the flexibility or the lack thereof or, Mm -hmm. okay, what type of personal blocker do they have that where they don't want to be on video? You're going to show up at the site. They're going to see your face at some point. Right. So, you know, Carrie, you're looking like you're about to bust to say something. What do you you think? Well, I just don't understand why it's so complicated for people, because, I mean, you're wanting to work for someone. The client wants to hire someone. Mm -hmm. Why don't you want to have that relationship with them when you're on video? I mean, even in personal relationships, people FaceTime each other because they want to have that relationship with that person. I FaceTime my son all the time. And with my grandson, I was going to say, I could see my grandson. And that's just it. It's, 
and I like having videos with our clients because I love our clients and I'm here to support them and being able to see their face and to understand their true need makes me better able to support them. Therefore, why wouldn't people in both roles feel the same way? Why wouldn't you want to be on video? I, I love that because, you know, a lot of times recruiters are, are um, we're accused of not being compassionate. And I I can see that. I mean, you know, we are we are in that role to where we've got to make some pretty darn tough decisions sometimes. And um, and we got to make quick decisions. You know, we got a lot of positions to fill and a lot of candidates coming through that are interested in them. And right now we're seeing the, the fraudulence level at its peak. I actually had some some hiring managers come back to a message that I sent this week. One in particular, it works for a CRO and she says 70 percent of her applicants. 70% are fraudulent. That's higher than what we're seeing, actually. And so there's some tough decisions that have to be made. So I can see why in a lot of cases, hiring teams and, and, and recruiters might be seen as lack of, you know, lack, lacking some compassion there. I've been accused of that personally on more than one occasion. With that being said, we want to get to know our candidates. We we go to bat and battle for them every day because we care about them. And then we're going to do everything we can to keep them happy in that role, not only because we're making money off of them, because they're human beings and they deserve to have a position that they feel really good about having. And that's where that relationship bridges because of the video. Mm-hmm. And the position to piggyback off of that wonderful statement, like what you um, not only what you want and are happy with, but also what you're qualified for, mm-hmm. because we don't want to make the barrier to entry difficult. But if you're not willing to get on board with um, helping us to quantify even just the basics of your identity, I mean, mm-hmm. that's what we're talking about here. Really, the main crux of this with interviews is really just trying to make sure that we can quantify you are who you say you are. And then that that same person is going to be the person talking to the client. You know, the client mm-hmm. make wants to make sure that we know that we've got our ducks in a row, that we know who you are. And, and, you know, you would, you should want to help us <laughs> yeah. in, you know, yeah. um, quantifying your identity to be able to get it over to the client. Yeah. Years ago, when the first the one of the first articles that I published way back, um, I had a, a CRO that reached out to me and um, and she told me this story about um, interviewing a candidate, video interviewing a candidate. And they were just incredible. They actually you one of, were one of the first ones that used the platform to where you just you apply online and you click the button and, you know, um, questions pop up like on a kind of like on a cue screen. And then you just answer the questions. And then for those candidates that did really well they invited them to a video um interview and then they would hire them and and in that case they were actually flying people in and training them again this was way back so it was pre-covid and um and she said you know i i if i hadn't seen it with my own eyes i would have never believed it you know the person that that did the the cued video the the your your independent video to where there's not another side you're just answering questions that are being queued up was so buttoned up so buttoned up and um and she said because we were pushed for time and we had so many applicants i actually did a quick phone screen with her loved her made her an offer and she said i was in day one orientation when she showed up and it wasn't the same person it was not the same person. And she said, the good news is I had it recorded because it was the queued in- interview and I was able to tell and we were able to release her right away. And they actually filed 
charges. Um, and in that specific state, they were actually able to file um, criminal charges against the individual um, that showed up. Unfortunately, the person that did the fake video to begin with was never named, so they were unable to file criminal charges against them. Um, but that has been going on for years. And I just spoke with a CRA colleague, someone that we has worked with us for a long time, and we're going to do a podcast with him. I'm really excited about it. But he was telling me about um, uh, where he had worked with a company, and they had the same experience. These folks, and he said, I would have never believed it. But he said it happened. He said, I saw it in front of my own eyes. He said the person that showed up and he said they actually asked the person the questions and they could tell because they were the ones that interviewed them. And and he said, you know, finally, the person just caved and said, yeah, I wasn't the one that did the interview. They were not a CRA. They had never been a CRA. And the individual that had done the video interview was someone that was an interviewer for hire. And there's a lot of those in this industry, lots of them in this industry. Mm hmm. That's a really good point. So when we get on the call, when we're actually conducting the interview, let's talk about those points and what do we what do we see? What are ways that maybe our, you know, our hiring managers out there can kind of take these tips and and what are things that that look maybe a little suspicious about trying to prove their identity and they are who they say they are and they're they have the experience that um, that they're supposed to have from what we've gathered before actually talking to them. Well, Jenny, what makes you squeamish whenever you get on a, an interview with a candidate and they don't go on video? Um, I would say when we're because we ask some basic questions, some basic monitoring questions during our first call with them. Um, and I would say when they hesitate for a long time on those questions, I can't see if maybe somebody is giving them an answer um, or, you know, a lot of times there are questions that we would kind of expect someone who's monitored to know. And so when they have to stop and think for a long time, it, you know, not necessarily that they're fraudulent, but it does make you a little suspicious. You kind of wonder about that. Mm -hmm. Or if they're Googling right. the answer exactly. to answer your question. Yeah. Exactly. Seeing their face is so important. Yeah, and maybe that eye contact is another thing, um, mm -hmm. you know, to your point, Carrie, with maybe they're Googling it or whatnot, and, and maybe if somebody's, you know, feeding them answers, even if they are on video, maybe they look distracted, maybe they're looking at another mm -hmm. screen like they're typing or reading while you're talking to them, maybe they're not making eye contact, and maybe even there's background noise if they've got a headset on, I mean, maybe somebody's feeding them answers. So even mm -hmm. when they are visible, there are some cues, I think, that can maybe just make you a little mm -hmm. bit, yeah, Leary. Well, and Natalie, you've had situations with background noise, right? Yes, um, where it sounded like they were typing or papers shuffling and almost sounded like, they were looking for the answer or someone was trying to show them where the answer was, if that makes sense. So it definitely, you know, gives you a that gut feeling like, oh, no, what's happening? Please <laughs> don't do this to yourself. <laughs> well, we won't work with them because of that. Right, right. I mean, but you yeah. still need to have processes in place to where you're not just functioning off your mm -hmm. your gut feeling about someone because, mm -hmm. I mean, those gives you give you bad gut feelings. 
Yeah. And I know another thing that Natalie had mentioned earlier that's kind of makes us feel a little suspicious is when their answers are very vague um, and they don't give details and they don't give examples is a very vague, short answer. It makes us wonder as well, like, was this something you maybe memorized or you you just know the very basics and you don't are thoroughly um, knowledgeable on this? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And that could be a statement of lack of experience or competency or fraudulence. Mm-hmm. It's hard exactly. to, to quantify that. But when you're making a decision as either a recruiting agency or talent acquisition or or even a hiring team, it, it does keep you as a candidate less competitive. So mm-hmm. being prepared, if you know it's a discussion to have um, about an oncology project, review your oncology experience before you get on the mm-hmm. phone and know your basics. I mean, we ask basics. Talk to me about your risk-based monitoring experience and talk mm-hmm. to me about what are our essential documents. I mean, come on, if you're a CRA, you know this, right? And, uh, you know, those types of things. Um, and I can understand how, like, I know I have a friend that always would get super, super nervous during interviews, mm-hmm. but you can tell when it's nerves yeah. versus mm-hmm. something, you know, questionable. And I think, you know, as recruiters, we also need to make sure that we're making that individual feel comfortable, Yeah. you know, yeah. and once you do just, just articulate, provide the information, because we're just here to help you, help me help you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't want folks that know that they get super nervous to not get discouraged because, mm-hmm. we, you know, we can tell when it's nerves versus something a little bit more questionable than that. I agree. And a shout out to the recruiters out there. You guys put these candidates at ease. You know, build that bridge of that relationship. I tell people, look, I'm not scary. I promise you I'm here to help, you know, and you can kind of like make a little bit of a joke out of it because here's the reality. If they're scared of you, Mr. or Mr. Recruiter, they're going to really be scared of the hiring manager. And and if you can help them get past their nerves, they're going to be a much more competitive candidate. Let's get to the bottom of the competency rather and get step aside the nerves. Right. Um, I, I love that you brought that up because you're right. And that's a whole different ball game. It's not that's not an indication to me of fraudulence unless mm-hmm. they, you know, unless I don't know, they act like they're hiding something while they're nervous. That's a little bit of a different discussion. Right. Right. So but I think, you know, if we and I know we're starting to run out of our time here, um, the message that I would give to the hiring teams and, and Carrie, you touched on this is. Use processes, Mr. and Ms. Hirer, right? I mean, interviewers, um, we we take snips of the person that we're videoing with um, and and we share that with the client so that the client, when you get on the phone with them, um, they know who you're talking to. Same and person. so it's, it's the same person. Um, some of our clients ask us to, and we used to do this all the time, and, and I've asked the, the recruiters to consider whether or not we should start doing it again. But we ask, some of our, our clients require us to also send a copy of the person's driver's license over. They require the LinkedIn profile to also match. And so everything matches. You've got our video snip, the driver's license picture, and of course, with you know the, the details of your numbers and all that stuff, like, you know, fuzzed out. Um, and then your LinkedIn profile, everything's got to match. It shows that you are who you say you are. And so when you show up on day one, you are still that same person that we've got all that proof for. And I think that's really important. And so what I would challenge the, the hiring teams to do is make sure you've got a process in place to rule out fraudulence. 
don't allow yourself to go just by your gut because that's where accidental discrimination or purposeful discrimination comes into play. And it's not fair to those honest CRAs that are just scared or they're just Mm. nervous and they've had a brain fart and can't remember what the heck an essential document is. Give these guys a break, right? And use real tangible, detailed processes that will help you rule out fraudulence instead of, uh, you know, and then just going with your gut. And then making some different errors that I think are as bad or worse than the fraudulence that's going on out there. Because there's some honest ones out there. Yeah. One of, actually, one of my favorite CRAs yeah. um, that comes from, and I hate it for him because, and I think you've got a meeting, a call with him. He comes from one of those countries that are well known for, um, you know, having candidates that commit fraudulence within this industry. And he and I have talked about the discrimination he's been through. And, um, you know, and that's that is the recoil from this type of fraudulent behavior is good individuals get labeled, mislabeled. And I think and that's why education is so important when we're having this discussion today, because it's not only to educate the recruiters and the hiring teams on how to avoid hiring a fraudulent candidate, but it's also to let those good candidates know that we're doing what we can in this industry to make sure processes are in place to protect them as well. Yeah. And the last thing I would say for candidates Try to cooperate as much as possible, you know, Mm -hmm. if you can not give pushback on, you know, taking a quick screenshot, you know, or the driver's license or the, you know, going on video or whatever it is. Help us help you. That's kind of a big tagline we have in a lot of our podcasts. Help us help you. Um, We want to help you be successful. That's what we're here for. Well, we are all out of time. Thank you so much, team. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you want to explore more of our content, you can visit CRAResources.com slash blog to check out our latest articles and additional podcasts. You can also sign up to get this content delivered to your inbox and feel free to reach out at CRAResources.com for more information about our firm. We look forward to working with you.